Near the heart of Connecticut, you'll find the scenic town of Southington, with mountains, rivers, and numerous orchards dubbing it the Apple Valley, this would appear to be the perfect place to settle down and call home. Though for one family in particular, this place was anything but. Tormented by spirits, they were subjected to a living nightmare. What started as unusual noises and cold spots quickly escalated to violent acts from unseen forces. The evil continued to take over the house and the family within until they felt nothing was left to fix it but an exorcism. Ultimately, the family only found rest when they packed up and fled from the Snedeker house. Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. <laughs> Stop. And I'm Megan. I'm trying so hard not to laugh. I, um, we had, I made sure we had it together before I hit record. Apparently not. I had a straight face until you started talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's, uh, full disclosure for those of you listening at home. We had dinner. Our tummies are upset. <laughs> and Megan said, are you gaseous too? <laughs> and I just said, we ate brown for dinner. <laughs> like, we ate the color brown for dinner. Everything happened to be, um, like, fried. fried. <laughs> so. so, of course, I'm gaseous. We're all gaseous. Oh, man. I'm sorry. My eyes are watering, too. Whew. I think I'm funny. I'm Megan. <laughs> I'm, we already said it. I'm Kelsey. I don't know if I got that out, but... I don't know. Welcome back to Welcome another back. episode. Another episode where we laugh, get distracted, the cats act a fool. We're not going to put up with it this time. I'm Your cats, every time I'm over, they're like, who's this? Who's this? And I know. Never met you before. I think I'd be around me constantly. Shoot. Oh my gosh. Speak of the devil. Speak no. of the devil. Let's see how long we can go without her knocking into the mic stand. Please don't. I'm holding her tail. Anyway anyway hello welcome back happy so, thursday it's a new week and a new episode it is and as we go down the alphabet if we're you're in the keeping be- track yes we're in the beautiful state that i've only been through one time but i think it's beautiful of connecticut mm, i've never been through in around <laughs> it's i mean it's expensive and I, I'm sure when you go over the demographics, we'll see that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee, I can probably call the demographics right now. And of course, it's a beautiful state because they just like designed it to be so. Oh, yeah. They mm. hide the poverty. <laughs> oh, they sure do. I, like every state, every ha- city has its little pockets. We get that. But mm, for the most part. So this week, we're in. Southing, Southington, Connecticut. Southington. I don't know if it's a hard or not. I would say, you know, I listened to a podcast this week that actually covered a place here in Terre Haute, and um, they did not pronounce Terre Haute right. So, and my initial reaction was oh my god like why can't you say it right? (laughs) And I'm sure other if you live in Southington, Southington. Southington. I say Southington, but it just seems like too much effort. Yeah, I say Southington. 
probably south if you live yeah. there and want whichever one of us if both of us are saying it wrong just be gentle because we live <laughs> in a place called terra haute which is french yeah and we um, don't even say it right if that's be told. not right <laughs> so Ter- i've got we've talked about this before but i've gotten like terry hot terry hut mm-hmm. terra hody they said terry hote at one point she actually did say Tara, and I was like, keep doing that, right. and then went right back to Terry, and I was like, oh, rip. That's okay. There's a, there's a local uh, radio ad that I hear all the time for, like, a car dealership, and, or no, it's not a car dealership. It's one of the radio stations. It's 102.7, uh-huh. and they have the little jingle, you know, and I can't explain to you how they say it wrong, but they say it wrong, mm-hmm. because it does. it says Tara Ho. It's like it oh. doesn't finish the hot. It just stops the hot. I'm like, that's Ew. way more effort no. than just saying the actual word. Ew. I'm like, Ugh. that's gross. Anyway, we're not in Terre Haute. We are in Connecticut. <laughs> Southington. Southington. Connecticut. Southington. Connecticut. Connecticut. Now, this town, um, it's larger than, I guess, a small town. It's not as big as Terre Haute, though. Okay. Because we sit about 60-ish thousand. Mm-hmm. Depends on if school's in session. <laughs> and the population, and it didn't say as of what year, I th- I think it was 2021, but it didn't say for sure. Mm-hmm. But since the population of Southington is 43,781. Nice. So, Sizable. a little bit smaller than here. Um, so, this website that I got the information off of is niche.com. Okay. And they had some poll questions that residents of Southington could respond to or answer uh and this first question it had was what one word or phrase best describes the people who live in your area and the number one response was middle class oh yikes (laughs) and now that's only based off of 13 people answered the poll but still i was like wow that's rough (laughs) um so the racial diversity of this town snow white Pretty, yeah, it's. I don't know if it's as high as you think. It's ninety percent. And no, I actually was expecting like ninety six, maybe higher. Yeah, it's ninety percent white, five five percent Hispanic, and two percent Asian, and two percent African American, and the rest are like point something percentage. But you know what? They got a little bit of everything. That's not too bad. Last time was, we had a lot of nothing. Yeah, this was a little more diverse than I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah. Population gender-wise, 52% female and 48% male. Wow, that is skewed. More ladies. Um, 20% of the population is under the age of 18, and 22% is over the age of 65. So you have babies and old people. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a little bit. I mean, I guess that's pretty even. It splits it even, but it just sounds like a lot. It does. Uh, I figure it would be an older town. I thought, but mm, yeah. apparently not. Yeah. The median household income. So this is what Ooh. we were talking Ooh. about. Um, <laughs> can I guess? And this is uh, for households. This is more than one person is yeah. contributing to this. Middle class. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess. Would uh, you like to know the national average before you guess? Yeah, sure. National average, according to this website, is $62,843 for household. Okay, my guess still stands. I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to say 175 
you are way over <laughs> really dang yes yeah. i was gonna say 125 94,463. <sighs> they said middle class don't lie to me i know household now the individual income the median individual income is 46,567 where the national average is 31,000 so it is they are doing much better you over. had me thinking you had me fooled you said middle class and i said oh we they we, 13 like, people said middle class not i <laughs> out of 43,000 it's overwhelming numbers <laughs> and there was one other question that i assume the same 13 people answered uh one of those poll questions throughout that i had to grab this one yeah 54 percent of people say lgbt residents are very accepted i don't know if i like those odds you know 50 <laughs> 50 chance i i guarantee it's better than Terre Haute. that okay and again that's only 13 people said 54 percent are on your side yeah i don't know Whoops. it's i mean sadly better odds than some yeah mm, well here let's what see what southington has to say about themselves this comes from their own website southington.org Ooh. Southington is about 20 miles southwest of Hartford, okay. 80 miles northeast of New York City, and 105 miles southwest of Boston. Honestly, just day drives from Midwesterners. That just sounds like a good trip. Like and that, the 105 <laughs> miles to Boston is a little bit of a drive, but eh, two mm, hours. We still. I'm considering a seven-hour vacation here in the next couple mm. months. We'll see. Oh. Well. The town rests in a valley of two mountains on its east and west sides. Pretty. So it's in a little bowl. Uh, the Quinnipiac. Oh, God, you guys. <laughs> the Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. I said the same way twice. Just say it three times. Eight mile and ten mile rivers flow through this town. Yeah. Ooh, ah. Southington is a growing community is in a wonderful place for raising a family with its excellent school system, including a high school, a singular a for high school, you know, two what? middle schools and eight elementary schools. That's a lot of kids. But uh, I don't want to get it. I got into a tiny little rant on the last episode. I won't get into it now. But mm -hmm. honestly, even in our town of 60 some odd thousand, one high school probably wouldn't be bad. Think, it actually it wasn't i believe it said the high school had about 1900 kids in it wow that's well if you're thinking 20 percent under the age of 18 and considering 20 percent is over the age of 65 yeah like there's a lot of older people in there so i guess but point is like take our city for example i couldn't mm -hmm. think of the word of the <laughs> city uh three high schools all like decently sized but like look at their academic you know record but then look at schools around us like the big indianapolis schools where mm. they're giant but they are good yeah <laughs> so mm, we'll have that conversation off the air <laughs> <laughs> uh southington has the nickname of the apple valley due to the many orchards that still dots its landscape and it gives the name to the nationally known never heard of it uh <laughs> southington apple harvest festival honestly it sounds quaint Yes, it does. It sounds like something I would want to go to. I'm yeah. sure it's a good, good, just an eight to ten hour jot over there. Yeah, so we'll go. Give or take. Yeah. Southington takes pride in being a welcoming community to all. 54% oh, say. Only 54%. <laughs> it's a great place to live, work, play, and prosper. Uh-huh. Okay, Southington. All right, good. 
Good. So they think highly of themselves. And the Apple Festival, I forgot to grab what date it is, but I did see it on their calendar. I'm sure it's a fall thing. Probably. Most likely. Now, what are we here to talk about specifically? Not the town of Southington. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned where we're at. You got to dig in. You got to get there. You got to travel. We're funneling it down to our main point, which is the haunted place we're covering. And that is the Snedeker House. Which probably doesn't ring any bells. That (laughs) does not stand out to you in any way. Maybe the haunting in Connecticut does. Ooh. The title of a a movie. Yes. (laughs) That movie was based off of this house. Yeah. So if you've seen that movie, and I've got the year it came out, not right here in front of me. I'll get to it here in a minute. Yeah, it's after 2010s, right? I think it'll feel like it's mid aughts. (laughs) Close. Something like that. Anyway, that's where we are. Now, where is the Snedeker house, you may be asking yourself? It is at 208 Meriden Avenue. Oh, we actually, like, no, no. We're going to pinpoint them. Heck yeah, I do. I looked it up on uh, Realtor.com. Is it for sale? No, it is not. It is not for sale. When did it sell last? Well, I don't believe the last sale date is right. Because when I looked it up, I... It, this cannot be right. It says it was sold on July 20th, 1998. No. No. And I, that's what I said. I'm like, that cannot be right. That's the last time it was purchased. And it says it was well, sold at $140,000. Back then? Probably. Which currently it's not sitting at that. Realtor.com. I no, I'm going to guess over three. It. How many bedrooms? How many baths? Here we go. Let's put my house hunter's skills it to the is. test. Five bed. Two bath and 3,084 square feet. In Connecticut, it's over 300,000. It is. Now it is. It shows it on Realtor.com, $339,000. Yes, look at that. I got that one right. I got houses down. So I don't know if they have the sale history hidden or... I feel like sometimes... That's public record. You can't hide that. You know, honestly, given the dates of what we're going to talk about, it could be... The same family living there. Possibly. Possibly. A decade later. Yeah. But that's, again, I didn't go into public records in Connecticut. I know where to look in Indiana for those, but I'm not sure what Connecticut's got Man, I am nosy. I'll dig. I could have looked further. I didn't know if it was that deep. If we, because those public records can also show you who is in the house, and I don't know if we want to give up that information. No, probably not. If you really want to go looking for yourself, you can. But that's I didn't. on you. Yeah, I did not. Now, the information I'm going to give is coming from a website called abetterplace.com. Never heard of this one. It's not our typical only in your state or right. <laughs> those other websites that we cover. So let's start off with what this house actually was before it became known as the Snedeker House. Yeah. The building itself was actually the Hallahan Funeral Home. And it was located at a, or it was a colonial revival house in Southington, Connecticut. Gosh, I love a good colonial. Yeah. The house was built in 1916. Mm-hmm. So I would have expected it I, to be older. I did too. I did. When I saw 1960, I'm like 18. Especially on the East Coast. Yeah, 1916, but did not become the Hallahan Funeral Home until 1936. So I don't know what it served as before that, but. Mm. A house. Who knows? 
In the mid-1980s, the Hallahan Funeral Home moved to Plantsville, Connecticut, and later became known as the Bergen Hallahan Funeral Home. The original house that it was in, in Southington, sat vacant for a couple of years. <laughs> and the new owners that bought it actually converted it into a real estate office, but then because of zoning issues, they were forced to convert it into a duplex. Okay. And the first family to rent out this new duplex, converted duplex, was the Snedkers from up Snedekers from upstate New York. Okay. All right. Here we go about the family. Again, uh, I don't have a ton more about the house, but really the family is what we are most interested in. Mm-hmm. Their oldest son, Philip, was suffering from Hodgkin's disease and had been receiving a treatment at the University of the Connecticut of Connecticut Medical Center. So to keep from having to make long commutes back and forth from New York to Connecticut, they ended up uh, moving temporarily to Connecticut. Mm, makes sense. And the parents' names are Alan and Carmen. I don't think I covered that. But this was supposed to be a temporary move. Okay. And it was. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Not anyway. <laughs> a forced um, temporary move. Yeah. The family apparently settled on renting the house in Southington due to it being very affordable for its size and locations, and they ended up moving in on June 30th, 1986. Oh, so we're almost on the uh, anniversary. anniversary of we're it. We're very close to that. Uh, what would that be, 46 year? No. 36. Yeah. 36. 36, yeah. Um, so they actually took residence in the downstairs apartment. So it's a duplex with an upstairs, downstairs style. For some reason, I find side. that odd. Is it still the real estate agency on top? No, they couldn't do the real estate office because of the zoning. It okay. was considered a residential area. So they had to take out the office part and move somewhere else. Okay. So I was going to say, I feel like it'd be weird to have the business on the upstairs no, I don't know. no, it is a duplex house, so rental on top and bottom. Okay. The Snedekers did not know that the house was originally a funeral home until after they moved in and found items from the mortuary trade. Oh, like, of course. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, and they didn't, <laughs> if you want to know what they found, okay, when you say, how do you know it was a funeral home? That's because they found a blood drainage pit, oh. a box of coffin handles, <laughs> and a casket lift. Oh, you know, just random. I feel like I also saw, didn't they find embalming tools? It didn't say in this article that I grabbed it from, but I I assume. Yeah, I think I read an article there were also embalming tools. So like pretty damning evidence. Yeah. And then Philip decided to make his new bedroom in the basement next to the mortuary room. Mm, Angsty teenager. Well, that's going to come back to bite him here. Because the Snedker slowly began to notice a personality change in Philip. He started writing disturbing things and dressing differently. Well, that's called being emo. No, right. <laughs> right? How old is he again? I, they actually don't give his age. I'm surprised. Um, he, they said the oldest, but like that could be like... 16 or 13. Eight. or Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. But uh, I assume he's a teenager and he's just being angsty. Yeah. Not really. I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. Uh, he made claims that his parents, uh, he made claims to his parents that he had heard disembodied voices and he was seeing apparitions in the house. Yikes. Uh-huh. He's just looking for attention. Um, oh my god. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
he saw apparitions included seeing a man dressed in a gray pinstripe suit and perhaps most unsettling, a small boy dressed in Superman pajamas. Yeah, I mean, it sounds harmless enough, but like, little ghost kid ghost. kids, no. see? Nope. His parents dismissed these claims initially as being hallucinations brought on by his cancer medications. What medications are you on? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, that and the radiation, I know that, like messes with you i don't know yeah Mm. and they reportedly said they didn't witness any activity themselves so they were like "Mm, he's not he's just eh, yeah not doing not feeling well yes to this date none of the following occupants have made any public claims of supernatural or unusual activity occurring in the property since the snedker family Mm -hmm. so mm, take that for what you will some sources have reported rumors, uh, have report, why'd I say it like that? Some sources have reported rumors that a former employee or employees of the Hallahan Funeral Home engaged in acts of necrophilia. And Yikes. In the years prior, and that those acts may have attributed to the events that followed. Okay. And I'm not going to cover those, I'm going to skip a little bit, mm-hmm. but, um... The There appears to be no published accounts of such crime ever occurring in the news from this time period, and no arrests were ever made or appear to have been made. So that doesn't mean that it never happened, but it does make it pretty difficult, if not impossible, to verify those, right. those claims. Um, the Southington Funeral Home case is what it was dubbed uh, in 1992 in a book called An in a Dark Place, The Story of a True Haunting. And that was written by Ray Garten. Okay. Covers the story of the Snedeker family and what they experienced in this house. To me, that's already a bad sign, capitalizing on... Right. Well, the Amityville Horror. Kind of yeah, the that's same. exactly what it reminds me of. We haven't mm-hmm. covered... That's New York. <laughs> right okay we're definitely not there yet right i didn't know if we had covered it in the past uh maybe we will maybe we won't who knows but yeah if you know anything about amityville it feels very reminiscent well and then in 2002 the discovery channel aired a docudrama titled a haunting in connecticut not mm-hmm. to be confused with the movie uh, the TV movie told a dramatized version of the Snedker family's reports and their encounters inside the home. The actors were used uh, to portray the family, and their, but their names were changed to the Parker family f- to <laughs> some type of... Uh, Whatever oh that was. What is the word? Wow. Anima- not no, animosity. No, no. <laughs> Anonymity? Something like that. Yeah. I think I said that wrong. That came out so In fast. Amityville. Go on. <laughs> what? Anyway, uh, surprisingly, the actual house on Meriden Avenue was used for exterior shots in this docudrama. And the general neighborhood was also used uh, nearby the St. Thomas Cemetery. Okay. So they took actual pictures and footage from outside the real house, as well as aerial and ground film footage. Okay. Now, the interior scenes were apparently filmed elsewhere and reportedly varied greatly from the actual interior of the home. I mean, unless you're getting blueprints or... Right, I I suppose so. And who's to say that the layout was wrong except for the people who've lived in the house or been in the house? Yeah. You know, I can't tell you that's wrong. 
Uh, oh, here we go. In 2009, you were a little oh. off. In 2009, the story was used again for the major motion picture, The Haunting in Connecticut. I could, I didn't realize it was that old. I didn't think it came out while we were in high school, mm-hmm. showing our age. <laughs> and it starred Virginia Madsen and Elias Cotez. Cotez? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the film was based on the Snedker's accounts, it was heavily fictionalized, and several characters and events were either changed or fabricated completely. Yeah. Have you seen? I have. It's been a long time, but I have seen it. I was going to say, I have also. And the film was shot in location in Manitoba, Canada, rather than in Connecticut. Mm Mm-hmm. So, not surprising. Honestly, you don't find a lot of based-on-true-event movies, TV shows that are accurate right they have to be dramatized a little bit well of course you can't get every single word sentence emotion that people experienced now i did watch a document or a docuseries i guess recently with jessica beale okay yeah yeah candy they said that was pretty spot on that's scary truthfully uh, yeah, it was, because I watched that whole thing in one day and was like, <gasps> so if you guys have Hulu, watch Candy. It was really good. You had me watch the first two episodes. It is good. I just, like, still watching Buffy, always and forever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it's five episodes. They're a little less than an hour each, so yeah. I'm embarrassed to say I watched that one day, but I also sit at home all day with a baby, so, so like, I got nothing what else do? going on. Anyway, the house at 208 Mer- Meriden Avenue in Southington continues to function as a private residents today that was really hard to say for some reason (laughs) unfortunately it cannot be visited because the current owners wish for people to leave them alone and respect their privacy go figure i mean that's probably fair yeah the again off topic but the person who bought the house from the goonies said the same thing they actually have like something outside their house that if you're parked there for more than like 10 or 15 minutes they you can get a fine from the city for parking yeah. in front of their house, which to just drive by and take pictures. That's one thing. Cause I've done that. I've gone that's vacation stressful. scene. Cause then I feel like I'd have to keep up the lawn all the time and keep Kinda. up the outside. Yeah. But if you're buying a house like that, you have to know people are going to come and want to look at it. Right. So anyway, they have reported, the uh, current owners have reported no hauntings for as long as they've lived there, except for being haunted by the countless amateur ghost hunters who won't leave them alone. That's so annoying. Like, we're amateur ghost hunters, I would definitely say. But like, you know when to say when. You don't push. You don't whatever. Right. I would not reach it. Like, again technically it is public record we could go out there and find out who owns the home right now but i'm not going to be a super creep look them up message them like hey Found i'm coming in connecticut Earth. can we <laughs> check out your house right no. no and they said that the local police have stepped up in the area to keep trespassers away as well so yeah. you might be able to swing by and take a picture of it but uh you're not getting much more than that right And that I'm going to have to stop because, and I know I kind of stepped on Kelsey's toes a little bit there. I, this was so hard. We don't usually have this problem where it's easy to find the experience, but can't find a ton of history without mixing the two. Like I was the one that picked this location, but when I started my research for experience, I found, I was like, 
dang, I like really don't know in some places where to separate the history from the experience because the history is the experience kind of thing. Yeah, it's so intertwined that I did throw in a little bit there of what Philip experienced, but that's because... The when it talks about the what happened at the funeral home, allegedly with the necrophilia, yeah, that I had to give you guys a little bit of something just to explain it without you know, I guess, ruining too much. And trust me, there's apparently quite a bit to cover, <laughs> yeah, in the, the haunting department. Right. So, and I might overlap just a little bit, like I said, like Megan said, because she had to cover a little bit of it to give you the background because that's just the way that it is yeah very intertwined stuff but i'm gonna go ahead and call mine that's all i have and now let's hear all about if you haven't seen the movie or i guess if you have seen the movie it probably wasn't all true if much of it so some of this may be a surprise to you if all yeah. you've seen is the movie <laughs> right and i ha i did see the movie again it was a while ago i think maybe i watched it in early to mid 2010s that's probably why i thought that mm-hmm. but i can't for the life of me remember much of it like i remember some of the big you know trailer points but yeah meh Let's I'll talk have to about rewatch it now. After this. I know, I want to do that, and maybe Amityville. Both of I haven't seen the new one. I've seen the original. Oh, I've seen the original so many times. I know you have. <laughs> have you seen the new one with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. No, I, I haven't have not. either. I not heard great things, but I feel like because most horror fans are purists, so I I we'll give it a chance maybe but ryan reynolds in my head is typecast as a comedy guy right and there's nothing like rom-com funny, something yeah nothing funny about the amityville horror <laughs> so no i and don't know also and, nothing and, funny about this so let's get going oh, let, let's do it so my information a little bit is coming from dreadcentral.com but then actually a bulk of it is coming from what the the majority of it is coming from the same source that megan found actually which is a better they did a really good job they did actually and it's interesting no we haven't covered a better place and dread central i haven't ever heard of either i've seen it i do get it in my news feed sometimes because yeah. i read all these crazy news stories all day long but uh i've never yeah i've never cited anything from it so yeah so with dread central both of them like we said experience history intertwined so it sounds like i'm jumping in the middle of a sentence at the beginning of this because i am because it sort of just continued off of what megan said okay so mid thought it says not long after moving in carmen the wife says she began experiencing strange phenomena like items disappearing and her children reporting seeing strange people in the house as well as hearing voices and the sounds of hundreds of birds taking flight (laughs) right so like everything was pretty usual haunted stuff like until that moment right like we went all hitchcock on hundreds of birds yeah, hundreds of birds in, taking I flight if she meant in the house or outside yes because if it were in the house that's a problem well i mean she said strange people in the house as well as hearing voices and the sounds of hundreds of birds taking flight it sounds like to me that's in the house that's a problem man check your <laughs> check your furnace check your you know yeah, fireplace check that because they might need help right whoops daisy her oldest 
who was at the time in the middle of radiation treatment, began to exhibit radical personality shifts, becoming withdrawn and angry. Like Megan said, this is Philip. He brooded and began writing poetry. Now, this is the part, Megan, you said that he started writing weird things and acting acting angsty or whatever. Yes. This is what I find interesting. (laughs) Again, there's no claims to what you said happened while it was a funeral home, but what he started writing was poetry with necrophiliac themes. Oh, yeah. Yikes. So not good. Chicken or the egg situation where he started writing and they're like, there was necrophilia going on or like they sensed it was going on and that pushed him to write these things. But either way, mm, don't know. Right. If people made the claims that it happened because like, well, where else could he have gotten that from? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. During one intense episode, he attacked his cousin. Okay, actually apologies i meant to give a little warning i don't know we it's just a quick mention of some essay stuff sorry mentions of our favorite so sorry gotta say it a few times but unfortunately apparently it was a theme Uh, in a lot of this paranormal whatnot i was gonna say skip the next minute or so (laughs) uh oh gosh i would skip the next like three to five minutes it's yeah i know because it's sporadically mentioned throughout so i apologize but during one intense episode he attacked his cousin with the intent to rape her and i don't know if this was mentioned before so the family that's living there there was five of them including a cousin Mm -hmm. and oh who was the other person the rest of the family Blah blah blah. Oh, I had a list of the family too. Let me I see. Know, if I I've think still I got cut it. it because you had it, but then I sorry. didn't keep it. So I'm sorry. Let's see. There was uh, Kyle, no, Philip, Carmen, and Alan. Oh, those are the only three I have. I guess it was something odd, like the family, their children, but then also a cousin and like a friend. Mm-hmm. or something weird like that all living with them and i don't i mean everybody's circumstances are different yeah but whatever that one of his episodes that was his intent and his family had him arrested and taken for an evaluation where he was pronounced schizophrenic oh okay yeah i mean i'm sure that was a very hard decision as a parent to make but like luckily they weren't like oh he's our son like no don't make in no situation for, yeah. is that okay yeah he was removed from the house and seemed to get better until returning, of course. <laughs> no. So I had to cut in here with a betterplace.com because they made it sound like he left and then he came back and it kicked up again. There were still some things going on, interesting enough, while he was gone because he was sort of the, you know, pivotal point of all this. A catalyst. Supposedly, yeah, a catalyst, yeah. supposedly, for this paranormal stuff. But A Better Place says, according to their accounts, once Philip was removed from the home, the rest of the family apparently began experiencing supernatural phenomena as well, both in the house and away from the property. That's weird that they weren't experiencing it or seeing what he was seeing until he left. Right. Right. Yes. Go on. (laughs) Yeah. The experiences included unexplained sounds, foul odors, and sudden drops in temperature. Let's see. Is it going to be? No, we're not quite there yet. Carmen and a female niece named Tammy, who was staying with the family. Okay. Yeah. Of reported being touched by unseen hands, including an incident where Carmen felt one hand clamp over her mouth while another yanked her hair. 
Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. So I guess it might it must have just been a niece living with him. I thought there was a friend also, but we assume that Tammy is probably the one who was attacked. Yeah, Tammy is the cousin. Yes. Okay. So, but the mom felt someone put a hand over her mouth and then yank her hair. That's a, but there a was big no. no hands around her. No one touched her. That's a no for me. Yeah. Uh, other phenomena that were reported by the Snedekers included the repeated... Oh, uh, here it is. Sorry, skip another 30 seconds. And it's a weird one. Other phenomena that was reported by the Snedekers included the repeated and brutal rape of both Carmen and her niece, as well as acts of sodomy being performed on her husband by unseen entities. What? Yeah. Like physical evidence of this? That's what they say. Uh... It was reported. Uh, okay. That's... <laughs> it, it gives me... I got, like, icky chills saying yeah. it. Um, not in, like, a spooky... It just... It's gross. It is gross. And, like, <laughs> if... I don't even know how I want to say this, but, like... I... I don't know. I don't know what I want to say about that. I'm baffled by it. I don't yeah. know. How can you... If it's not paranormal, that is not okay that they made claims like that. Oh, If right. it wasn't going on, you don't just say that. Yeah, it was the 80s, but... And if there is physical evidence to prove this... To three people, including what? the husband. Right, the three main people staying in the home, since Philip isn't there. Philip isn't there at this point, right? Th- that's not super clear. So I threw in that the the foul odors, the, uh, let's see, sudden Cold drops spots, in temperature, yeah. unexplained sounds, that happened while he was gone. It seems sort of like this happened after he came back. I, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to just... continue to read. Okay. And if I don't... I, I cut and pasted from a lot of different things. I'm not I'm not going to I don't want to make assumptions, but if you can he probably attacked make his ass- cousin. You can probably make assumptions uh if it's not included in here, I will find it and tell you. But let's let's go on. Yeah, okay. that's probably you're making smart connections here. Yes. I'm using my context clues. Y- yeah. Let's see. So that stuff happened. Mop water was reported to turn blood red and the sense of rotting flesh and decay were reported throughout the house. Girl, no. Clean up a little bit, huh? (laughs) No. (laughs) She was also frightened. Wait, what? Who is she? Maybe Carmen. (laughs) It's so it was there was a lot written here, but I guess they weren't super specific. She was also frightened at apparitions that she saw, one with long black hair and black eyes, the other with white hair and eyes. (laughs) And eyes. (laughs) And eyes. (laughs) That's what it says. White hair. White hair, I think it means white hair and And, eyes. Like white eyes. Yeah, white hair and white white hair and eyeballs. White hair and eyes. (laughs) Eyes and ears and a mouth and a nose. Oh my god. Oh my god. And toes. Go on. Yeah. And wearing a pinstriped tuxedo. Okay, so what kind of what he saw, the pinstripes? Yes, yeah. It was then that Carmen decided to contact controversial paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ooh, Ooh, man, we love Ed and Lorraine. (laughs) 
Uh, along with John Zaffis and a few investigators, the Warrens moved into the house for several weeks until they'd experienced everything the Snedekers had claimed. During their time in the house, they claimed to have seen firsthand the damage the, quote, demons in the home could inflict, with many members being slapped and beaten, pushed and slammed to the floor. That was a hard P. I'm so sorry. I mean, I guess if it can cause physical harm like that, it... That's... I mean, that's poltergeist <laughs> okay. demon-y stuff. I'm just thinking of the assaults from earlier, like, yeah. that is a lot of energy go on. We'll see, I guess. We will see. Yeah. Yeah. So investigation into the history of the house supposedly revealed that one of the undertakers at the funeral home was found guilty of necrophilia which fed fuel to the fire like you said it got to the point that the warrens deemed it necessary for a full-scale exorcism of the property of course they did Mm -hmm. after which the house was judged cleared by the warrens with the evil banished from the house that should have been the end of the story but it wasn't. Of course not. <laughs> and it just keeps going, so let's keep going. Like another Warren investigation, the infamous Lutz House in Amityville. Ooh. Yeah. There have been numerous claims by people who lived in the house, both before and after the Snedeker family, that have never been, that there have never been any, quote, evil entities in the house. So before they were there and after they were there, people were like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I have thoughts. Go on. Are you going to remember them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. In fact, the family's claim to have no knowledge that the home was once a funeral parlor was parlor was refuted by the house's owner. Perhaps the most damning evidence that the whole event was a hoax came from the horror novelist Ray Garten. Isn't that who you mentioned wrote? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who was contracted to write the book in a dark place with the Warrens and the Snedekers. According to Garten, it was difficult to write the true story because none of the involved parties could keep their stories straight. Uh-oh. Yeah, it seemed everyone was contradicting everyone else. When he went to Ed Warren with the problem, Garten wrote in a post dated April 27th, 1999. Are you ready for this quote? Go on. Tell me. Ed Warren told me not to worry, that the family was crazy. I was shocked. He said... All the people who come to us are crazy. You think sane people would want to come to us? He knew I'd written a lot of horror novels prior to that, so he told me to just make the story up using whatever details I could incorporate into the book and make it scary. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> also, did validity of the Warrens then come into question? Or, like, not validity, but whatever. Like, well, yeah, of course, they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Just, just say what they're telling you. To make them happy kind of thing. Everyone that talks to us is crazy. Yeah. You know, I need to read more about Ed and Lorraine Warren to see if I really like them or not. (laughs) I I, know. I know. Like, in that comment kind of... has made them likable. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. The entire time... See, I think, I don't know why I didn't take this little tidbit here, but it says eventually, I've, now I've read everything that I put, but I was trying to find the little tidbit that I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. They say eventually other, this is from uh, atlasobscura.com. 
Eventually, other facts emerged, including the troubled nature of the oldest son, who, besides having a drug habit, was diagnosed with schizophrenia and admitted to some of the vileness going on in the Snedeker household. Oh, there There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, and in addition, during the entire time the pandemonium was in full swing, the upstairs neighbor lived without incident. (laughs) See, and that was my thing is the family did the right thing by getting him help, but then he comes out. If he was that mentally unstable uh, or his illness was that strong, he shouldn't have been able to leave as soon as he did. And... I don't know. Right. I Yeah, I guess I don't know why. I must have forgot to just tag this into my thing. It's just filling in the gaps of things that I was like, I think this, I think that. Atlas Obscura did cover it. It said in 1986, the Snedeker fa- family, which included Alan, Carmen, their three sons, one daughter, and two nieces. Oh, okay. So there were two. So I don't know who which niece things happened to or if it happened to both nieces mm-hmm. uh, but they moved into this this house which had been a funeral home at one time in the basement they found mortuary mortuary wow i don't like that word toys <laughs> including a hoisting apparatus for coffins medical gurney blood drains and toe tags oh, yay. yeah and then it goes on to say all the stuff that we already talked about yeah so <laughs> Those are the hauntings of the one family of the Snedeker. Well, I mean, the Snedeker family in this house. I feel like yeah. the current owners would not appreciate it being considered the Snedeker house still. The Hallahan Funeral Home. There it is, the Hoolahan. Hallahan. <laughs> Dang. Uh, the previous uh, used to be Hallahan Funeral Home. So I- controversial. Controversial, honestly. I picked this place because I think it's. I think it's interesting. And, you know... There was enough backing behind it that it had multiple, there was a book, there was a TV show, there was a movie, there's all these things, and yet the neighbor that lived just two seconds above them yes, has just, no, the hundreds of birds taking flight, they never, upstairs neighbors don't know what you're talking about. And it makes you wonder if it's the family, if the family themselves upset any spirits in the home, because I... I will go ahead and say with it being a funeral home slash mortuary, the possibility of there being energy there, spirits there uh, are better than most places. I'll give it that. Right. And maybe something about the family upset the energy in the home. Philip could have upset the energy with his schizophrenia, something like that. Or it um, could have made him more susceptible. Or played off of his weaknesses right obviously we believe in ghosts we believe in the paranormal that's literally why we're here yeah hi hello (laughs) yeah but you know i had like a really good train of thought going when i said that and it sort of just went away oh whoops just dang you know dang fill in the blanks (laughs) it went away this was in the 80s and i believe the amityville incident was in the The 70s. 70s yeah it just it makes you wonder i mean these are ridiculous claims and enough to make a move i mean just your average joe people living in just a random house one day like you know what? i'm just gonna tell a story so extreme that they have no choice but to write a book and to film a movie and do a docu-series a docudrama about my life and you know i don't know it just seems so far-fetched 
I guess, kind of. I don't know. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but to make up all of that stuff and to put your family on blast like that. Right. I don't know. I I don't know. Oh, wait, that that one was from... Wow. So what I was... I was looking something up while you were talking, and mm-hmm. it's because they talked about... So The Exorcist. Yeah. The movie The Exorcist. Yeah. Came out in 1973. Mm-hmm. Okay. The rise in the number of possessions and exorcisms Claims after that possession yeah, yeah. was like astronomical i obviously don't have real numbers but like compared to what it was suddenly everyone was getting possessed everyone needed an exorcism or was it people seeing what they were experiencing on screen and saying holy crap maybe that's what's wrong with me it's a double-edged sword there you have people who are using right. it as a claim to fame or just for uh attention or you have people who are like oh my god is that what's wrong like this answers so many questions right well that i mean that's true it's hard to say what's what in that but like Mm -hmm. the amityville horror it shows the movie came out in 79 uh, but the original work was done in 77 but i'm confused because oh yeah because the the, the whole situation the actual situation of Amityville happened in 74, uh-huh. a year later. The book was 77. The movie was 79. It sucks you don't want to say these things didn't happen. Terrible things happened to that family. And actually, they had physical proof in the Amityville situation. Yeah, there was a... Uh, what was it? The five people killed... Four or five people killed in the house. That was real. Yeah. Yes, uh, the yeah, DeFeo family. Mm-hmm, because he got charged with secondary murder. I just read all of that. Was the Connecticut haunting riding the coattails of what was still a fad of exorcism, which is so stupid. <laughs> but, like, also did Ed and Lorraine vouch for the family because they wanted to keep their... Uh, Fame and... You know, presence. Yeah. Whatever. Relevant. Relevant. Thank you. Goodness. <laughs> Sorry. It's... Or you're welcome. Whatever. I don't know. We obviously believe in ghosts, so I don't want to sit here and say all this and be like, it's a bunch of hooey. Like, it's not real. But I can take some of the claims. I have a hard time believing the assault. I have a feeling that Philip had something to do with that. Yes. And out of embarrassment or out of just pure, um, just what's what's the word like you don't want to admit it the it's denial oh (laughs) geez out of just pure denial they don't want to admit that he was capable of doing that to them right your mother your father your your cousin right and you would like to think this family did not feed into the schizophrenia or have mental health issues themselves because like when the first incident with the niece happened as far as we know, the first incident, they had him arrested. So, like, they had the right mind to say, okay, something's wrong with him. Like, please figure this out. Or, and they maybe just really wanted to believe that he was better and most certainly was not when he was released. Yeah. Yeah. There, much to think about. Much to think about on this one. Say, so not just paranormal. We can go into so many different tangents on this one, which. Oh, is that <laughs> funny next? enough? It's not the next one. But the one after that. Oh, yeah, we do have a twin tangent coming up. Twin tangent episode. There's a fifth Thursday this month. So, like, get hyped, folks. Do we know what we're going to discuss yet? 
not really i'll be honest with you but like we'll figure it out we'll figure it out when we get there depends on how we're feeling that week what we end up discussing yeah whatever's relevant yeah (laughs) we'll keep it as not politically charged as possible we're not here for that Mm -hmm. i won't do that i won't do it all the time some things just get under my skin yeah and obviously we could go on a while about the ifs and the whens and the what's about this the snedeker house yeah but we're (sighs) probably gonna have to wrap it up because we uh, i can feel us already going on like a whole other conversation i guess so i guess then to wrap up my thoughts is i feel like we'll never be able to know if it was real or not other than like the claims of people saying philip saying okay i did xyz but the other stuff we don't know other people vouching for it the owners it could have very well been owned since 98 until now by the same people yeah and possible it's never been investigated as far as i know so there's no way to know there's Mm -hmm. no way to further investigate and we don't know where the snedeker family is today and how they feel about the situation what they've said because they don't it's not like they're continuing to do well that i know of i guess i haven't looked into interviews or you know tv shows that have covered them or talked to them like directly right this might be a shorter episode overall but it could have been so much longer had we dove into all of the little cul-de-sacs that was this story you know like interviewing the family like seeing where they are today getting into ed and lorraine more getting into like so we can't touch too much on them my god that and lorraine would have to be a whole two-part episode i don't know our tangent could be on them but i don't know that's striking pretty close to home and sometimes we like to just surprise you guys with something totally out of the yeah <laughs> right the point is so we can tangent off on things that have you know we just really been thinking about like aliens that one time the alien one i, hate. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> anyway that's um that's probably gonna be it then for this episode i think yeah like i said i don't want to i can keep going about yeah. this but i'm gonna I'm going to stop here unless you have any final words on this. No. Gives me real Amityville vibes. It does. And it's around the same time. I guess I didn't realize how close in time it was. A decade, right? Yeah, relatively. Pretty close. Uh Um, Because, I mean, what happened to their family was mid-70s, but then you didn't get the movie and the book until a couple years later. Late 70s, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That covers the Snedker house and It's a good one. It's interesting. It makes you skeptical but want to believe. Makes me want to be an internet sleuth. A sleuth in general and just start digging into this one. I got... uh, But don't become those crazy people. Like, remember the Cecil Hotel and... uh, Lord. Yeah. Now, I was watching a true crime documentary and I'm going to be totally honest. I had kind of heard of this case before and I can't remember the person's name or what happened exactly, but it was a husband who was on trial for uh, allegedly killing his wife. Yes. And there was a 911 call where he calls and says she's not breathing oh he he, they lived on a farm and he had found a pitchfork in her back the problem was it had pierced her twice she had six holes in her body not four ah 
So you don't fall on a pitchfork two times. (laughs) Dang, she is very clumsy. And they try to say it was an accident and they're like, but he calls and says she's not breathing. They're like, I'm going to walk you through CPR. And while he's doing CPR, there was nothing the police found out of the ordinary from the phone call. But then all of a sudden these sleuths started calling in and saying, you need to listen to that 911 call again because he's saying something under his breath when he's doing compressions. And they actually pointed out there's two different spots in the 911 call while he's doing these compressions that you can hear him say something. The problem is it's one of those things where it's depending like on yeah, depending on what you're going to be told, you're going to hear that's what you hear. Okay. And there are two things. Either he's saying cheating whore or she's so cold. <sighs> and so the sleuths are like saying he's saying cheating whore while yeah. he's doing compressions. Who is bold enough to call 911 and while doing compressions go cheating whore? And then another part, he says, go to hell. They think he says, go to hell. And they're like, no, he's counting. You can hear him one, two, three, four. Like, and he's just out of breath because he's frantic he's one two three and they're like it sounds like he says go to hell so again it's whatever you're told you're Dang, here now here goes my whole night you're gonna have me I'm do so- this <laughs> i'm sorry that's what again the sleuth sometimes and the whoever called and gave them that tip they actually use that as a big uh like uh to drive a driving point in their case yeah they weren't going to until someone called in and pointed that out that's i don't know that's my blessing at the end of this episode <laughs> i know blessing and a curse like internet sleuths home like crime sleuths mm-hmm. stress me out but i want to be that person right it, well the thing is i heard cheating whore and then when the defense came in they're like no he's saying she's so cold then i heard him say she's so cold and i'm like oh god now i don't know <laughs> inflection like, uh let's get speech speech pathologists in who uh, there's that's just a lot. so much commotion and he's like <sighs> while he's doing the compressions that it's hard to tell you can't there's no way to pick that out yeah and, phew, that so, there's, a, there's a mini tangent there's a little snippet for there's you a taste for you but that's not <laughs> what we're doing next week next week we're done with the seas and we're jumping into delaware yeah uh, that's you, our wanna, you were gonna say the d's i was gonna get mad at you i know i stopped <laughs> yeah we will be in delaware next week so if you've got any guesses for delaware isn't let that, us know didn't we isn't that the oldest state it is is the first established state in, in the, the united, united states. states of america so there better be something good well there's plenty good there <laughs> so if you've got guesses let us know where you where you think we're gonna be next week and tune in next thursday and find out if you're right or not or you know if you're not right at least you've given us more places to look into for the future yes all right i think i think that's all i've got in me right now i've got like a whole other wave now about true crime but we've already done a true crime tangent (laughs) gosh i don't know maybe we'll do a true crime podcast who knows <laughs> oh my if we had time lord i'm making time for this one this is hard enough oh my gosh okay <laughs> well we'll see you guys next week for sure see you in delaware okay bye. bye thanks for listening mixing editing and music is by kelsey ingram our cover art is done by both of us visit our website at or so they say pod.com you can find links to our facebook Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at Or So They Say Pod. 
If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash or so they say pod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.